Hello, hello. Welcome and welcome back to the United Mates Football Podcast. Today, Liverpool played West Brom at home. The score was one all, surprisingly. Um, recently, West Brom put the relegation signal up in the sky. And from their equivalent of the Batcave, um, the Sam Cave, you might call it, Sam Allardyce and his assistant, <laughs> Sammy Lee, came calling. Um, so I put out the pod signal today because uh, my co-host Joe couldn't be here and um, today's guest answered. So I'd like to introduce Julian from the hugely popular Cop End Fracker podcast. Um, so yeah, welcome to the United Mates Football Podcast, Julian. It's a pleasure to have you. How are you doing? Pleasure. Oh, thank you for having me, man. Oh, I could be better, man. Like, I, I honestly thought I'd come into this game dunking on you, talking a lot of shit, just being like, yo, this is where, this is where you know, Man United dropped points yesterday, Chelsea lost yesterday. This is where the title challenge is wrapped up. I'm evil. I'm done with all these injuries, but alas, Big Sam had to Big Sam, and it, it, I'm not gonna say it was painful, but it was like, oh man, it's, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not, it's not a nice, not a nice Sunday, not the best Sunday that I, that I, that I had in mind. I can't lie to you. It never is when you're on the uh, yeah the wrong end of a Big Sam masterclass, as you were as you were sort of saying. Um, but yeah. um, I mentioned my co-host Joe couldn't couldn't be on the call. He's a Spurs fan, and I think they're playing Wolves is it at the minute. So if anything, you've got off lightly because I reckon he would probably have had a harder time being impartial. I, I won't give you a hard time. <laughs> but um, something that we always do like to do though on the on the pod is start with an icebreaker. So Julian, I had a glance at your Twitter profile uh, before we jump on this call, <laughs> and I noticed a tweet about VAR and Liverpool. It says. Um, VAR when Liverpool score and then there's a picture of like a quite serious looking forensic detective doing some crime scene <laughs> analysis and then it says VAR when Liverpool concede and I'm sure you'll know that it's a picture of um, Chief Wiggum from the uh, Simpsons and he's just sort of yeah. like eating a donut doing his thing so in, in the most roundabout <laughs> way possible today's icebreaker for you Julian is who's your favourite TV law officer? Oh, that is tough I've actually never thought of that you know um, t- oh that I love how your pod does this, by the way. This is a this is a great this is a great feature. We might still for content. Yeah, go. Um, <laughs> uh, TV law officer. Oh, that is tough. That is tough. I have a movie one, but TV. Yeah, you could go for a movie. Oh yeah, um, Denzel Washington in um, Training Day. Come man. Okay, I love. <laughs> yeah, that. I can't remember what his name was, what the officer was, but Denzel Washington. Oh, oh, but TV. Does Lucifer on Netflix count? I haven't seen it, but I'm going to go ahead and say, sure, that counts. <laughs> All right, cool. Lucifer, Lucifer on Netflix. That, he's my favorite detective. He's cool. I like him. Okay. I'm trying to think myself, to be honest with you. I think, I don't know if you caught any of, was it Marcella was quite a good one on Netflix that they did a few seasons of. She's like no. quite a, quite a, I don't know, a strong independent woman police officer. So I like her. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Let's move on to maybe some football while I'm blanking on my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess... Before we get into the action from the first half, um, what did you make of the lineup going into the game? As somebody who's not a Liverpool fan, um, mm-hmm. I didn't. Nothing really stood out to me. I wasn't too surprised, I guess. So yeah, was, was anything yeah. sort of standing out to you from the starting eleven? Any surprises? Uh, nothing stood out to be honest. At this point, it's, that was a pretty bog standard um, lineup starting eleven. But the only thing that did um, stand out to me is Naby Kr being missing again. That was something where I'm like, really, like this is a especially after Crystal Palace last week, this is a game for you to keep the ball rolling, impose your will on Liverpool. But Curtis Jones, this youth that we just got from last year, is just gripsing up your position, right? You need to put your foot down, mate. Like, I don't know what's going on with Naby Kaya. To be honest, at this point, I'm kind of checked out with him, but that was really it, to be honest. Really it. But Curtis Jones, yeah. Curtis Jones playing and Naby Kaya not starting or not even being on the squad is what really stood out. 
Yeah, like you mentioned, Jonesy sort of earned his place, this this youngster. And um, Keita, yeah, it's a funny one. Obviously, you had to wait so long to get him in the first place because I think you signed him a year ahead of time or something like that. And then he finished up at Leipzig. And it's been Bro, a little bit of an odd a slow burner for Naby. Yeah. Literally, I remember being at Carnival. Carnival in the UK is like, it's in August. And, and we were trying to sign him all summer. And at Carnival, it officially got announced that he was signing for us next summer. So at Carnival... 20, what was it, 2017 or 2018, I was celebrating Naby Keita signing and I've literally not seen 50 games from the guy. Like, it's it's, it's, it's a madness and he's been here three seasons. It's crazy, bro. Like, crazy. So crazy. Yeah, it's it's weird. You forget that he's there sometimes and when you signed him, he was looking like he was going to, you know, go on to be one of the next great midfielders in the Premier League. But who knows, maybe his time will, will come and we might even get onto that a, a bit mm-hmm. later. But um, I guess as far as the first half, there wasn't too much action. Obviously, Mane got his goal early on like a bit of a highlight of the game was uh, Andy Robertson just overlapping on the left and whipping in some really good crosses and then um, it was actually Martip who kind of like stepped into midfield and um, yeah. found Mane and I think Ajay the defender who would score later kind of didn't he wasn't with Mane and it was a good goal what do you make of um, Mane as kind of this out and out goal scorer over the past couple seasons versus Mane as a creative winger? Because it seems like most of the creativity on the wings comes from Trent and um, Robbo, um, whereas Salah and Mane are kind of getting into the box to score the goals. Do you think that as much as a strength of theirs is the goal scoring that they should be taking a bit more creative responsibility to? Uh, yes and no. Yes, in a sense where, um, you know, you are wingers and we don't always, we, always, we, we, we need more bullets in the chamber than, than goals. We need someone to also create when our fullbacks are, are clearly having a bad day, when our non-existent creative midfield is being our midfield. And yeah, so, sometimes you do, but then sometimes you don't because you've got to take the bad with the good. Um, them being such hungry goal scorers has led to us winning the Premier League, them winning Golden Boots, us winning the Champions League and the most success that I've definitely seen as a Liverpool fan in all my years supporting. So you got to, yeah, you got to take the bad with this move, but then... You do feel like, especially when Mane, Mane, especially, uh, Mane, especially this season, has he and this that was his first goal that he scored at Anfield in nine games. Um, last week was his first goal in a while. You kind of got to, um, you kind of got to pick up the slack a little bit and be like, you know what, we need you to create when you're not when you're not scoring. But it, it, again, it's it's part and parcel. Isn't it? You got you got to take the rough with this move. If it's winning you titles, if it's making you the best team in the land and possibly in the world, then you you got you you got you got to take it out is man and. Yeah, um, I'll, I'll definitely say I wouldn't change Mane or Salah. I love their hunger and desire for goals. Like even when they get annoyed at each other or when they get annoyed at being taken off when they just going to keep scoring, you can't buy stuff like that. Like I'm sure you support Arsenal and you, you die for someone, you die for a winger that can have that kind of now to, to do that. So you can't complain. You actually can't complain. Yeah, no, I would. Pepe hasn't been that guy yet, so I would, I would gladly take, um, yeah, some of your wingers. But um, I guess sticking on the first half, um, mm-hmm. did you make of it in general? It was a lot of, I think, sort of. I noticed Henderson um, getting the ball, spreading it, mm-hmm. um, kind of him and Martip and Fabinho formed this almost like back three at times, just to allow the wing yeah. backs to push on that much further. Um, but West Brom, for the most part, kind of, kind of contained it. I guess there was that break at the end when Matt Phillips, I think, was offside just before halftime. And that was like the first time West Brom really did much attacking yeah. in the game. Were you, as it was just 1-0 approaching the break, sort of fearful of what was to come, I guess? Or was it still a surprise in the second half? 
Um, you know what? To be honest, Liverpool, um, even as exciting as we are, as, as many goals as we score, we're quite um a uh, uh, slow build-up kind of team. And games like this, especially it's been um, this season, especially this season and parts of last season, is expected. You expect to have that tough, you know, that tough, you know, breakdown of games. I'm uh, sorry, breakdown of breakdown of the opposition and that one surprise goal, maybe just before the just before the first half is done. Um, so yeah, I was kind of it was it was a bit like oh yeah, box down Liverpool. We're gonna grow into the game. Hopefully, I was thinking this at the time. We're gonna grow into the game. You know. West Brom are being stubborn and it's going to take, you know, just a couple of uh, a, a couple of moments of magic to just break them down again and again because I was honestly expecting an absolute thump into that. I was expecting a 4 nil. I even predicted it on our Patreon show. Um, but, yeah, man, like, it, it was... It, it, to be honest, this game came as a, as a big surprise. A big, big, big surprise. I'm quite... I don't know how I still had to them because, see, I'm smiling, but I'm... <laughs> I'm yeah, I'm, I'm in disbelief. Um... I thought we was past the point of Big Sam coming over and getting a result mm. on us. I genuinely thought that we was going to, you know, this was where we was going to take our title charge and, you know, and just we just keep running with it. But it just didn't happen. It didn't happen. We got that one goal. And even that one goal was literally, if I think about it, the only chance that we that we was able to make today. And that's pretty damning. Pretty damning. Um, in our, even in our group chat, as I'm looking at it now, everyone right. is going off. Everyone is going off about our midfield and how we we need we can't be relying on our fullbacks to be the most creative outlet in our in our game. And I I definitely agree. But the signing of Thiago was supposed to be that, so we can't complain. So we've got to make do with what we've got. Um, Navigator doesn't want to actually work as a fully functioning footballer, so we've got to rely on Curtis Jones and Genie and Hendo. And I thought that Hendo played well today. He did. He played well in as you said the back the back the makeshift back three when there was on the counter. Um, he was able to break up play well, but man, yeah, that first half, it was what it was. We got one goal and we kept it moving to the next half and hopefully we was going to expose West Brom. Alas, it didn't happen. No. You mentioned, yeah, I think Henderson was probably the most creative of those. Despite being the most deep-lying out of uh, Wijnaldum and uh, Curtis Jones, he probably ended up being the, the most creative one. I guess Wijnaldum is a good athlete and... Um, like just gives a hundred percent pops up in the right places. But yeah, when you're at home against West Brom, someone like a Tiago to maybe like pick holes in the defense would have been, would have been nice. Um, it is also, I guess, a bit sort of like nostalgic and, um, and I don't know, cheers me up a bit from a neutral perspective to know that football hasn't progressed beyond an age where Sam Allardyce <laughs> can just like rock up and just, <laughs> just shit house a one all against oh, like mate, the best when, he, <laughs> when, he, when Sam Allardyce is chewing gum on the sideline aggressively, Shouting, there's something about the beautiful game, you know. That's just <laughs> that, that 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 Sam Allardyce just brings out. And you know what? If I was a, if I was a neutral as well, I'll be like, you know what? The, the people say that football's dead, but as long as Big Sam is still getting jobs in the Premier League and, right. and causing upsets, it, it can't be. Well, I guess on sort of like upsets, um, Martip would get an injury. I'm probably butchering his name and have been for the entire episode so far. But Matip. Joel Matip, <laughs> yeah, that's, e that's easier anyway. Um, Joel Matip, he, uh, he sort of pulled up with what you would assume was kind of um, potentially not a great injury considering that, yeah, nobody touched him. It was kind of just one of those things where his body just gave up on him. And so you wonder mm -hmm. how long that will keep him out for. But given the... Um, rest of the injuries you guys have in centre-back along with Van Dyke and um, and others even what Joe Gomez um, we're getting into January I guess is coming up are you mm -hmm. is this going to force your hand or were you already do you think planning to dip into the 
into the transfer window for a centre back. Do you know? Do you know what's funny? Um, when it comes to Liverpool and transfers, um, especially out of us in the Coppin group, I'm in the bottom three of the least optimistic. So knowing Liverpool, um, to be honest, we should have gone into this season with four centre backs, four senior centre backs, um, with with Love and leaving. Um, when Joel Matip is so injury prone that believe it or not, when he got injured, I was kind of like, oh, wait, mate, just, just, just get off. Just get off, man. Like, we'll probably see him again in two games, two or three games, who knows? But he's so injury prone that it was kind of like we, we were going into the season with two and a half centre-backs. And this, on January 1st, as soon as it hits midnight, I swear to God, Liverpool need to sign someone. They need, I hope they have someone planned because we can't go into... Reese Williams, great, great young centre-back. I believe... With the, with the right amount of games and the right amount of time, to, he can grow into he can grow into his role. But we can't rely on him and Fabinho. And Fabinho's not even a centre back; he's a DM that's just playing amazingly well at centre back. Um, but yeah, man, January we need it's imperative for us to go into the window and drop some money because fam, <sighs> I can't I can't continue with this on on the edge of if one of our centre backs gets hurt or has a little knock, my heart is in my foot. I'm like, bruv, we need stability so we'll have to see we'll have to see man um with Liverpool I'm not optimistic but common sense has to prevail it has to it has to man we need to not ban on center back yeah you've been pretty proactive in the past few seasons about kind of these signings where it's looked like you've needed them like Thiago like Jota so who knows mm-hmm. maybe you'll uh they'll surprise you and they will do the the, the sort of sensible thing although um <laughs> two and a half center back sounds like a like a spin-off of that two and a half men <laughs> but yeah it's not not particularly helpful to winning the premier league necessarily um yeah, back to that matip injury at the moment it happened i sort of started to notice Klopp go off on the sideline and then reese williams who came on to replace him gave away a foul that was a bit soft it might not even have been a free kick and um mm. Klopp, i think he got booked because he kind of just had to go at the ref so much how much of that passion do you like as a supporter and do you think the the players sort of um enjoy about Klopp and then also do you, how much of it do you think can become a distraction for instance as an Arsenal fan people gave Wenger a lot of stick for being a bit of a moaner um mm-hmm. do you think that these outbursts from Klopp can become a distraction and that they can kind of weigh on the team in a negative way is that potentially I, something that might have happened today do you know what I don't think so to be honest um I I think today was just a game of listen big Sam just had this done a number on us in the set especially in the second half he was able to shut off channels he wasn't able to create wasn't able to get the crosses in that we usually do. Um, he does done number on us. But in terms of passion, I feel I feel like I always relate football to actual real work, um, as as crazy as it sounds. But if you if you're at work and you have a manager that's always sticking up for you, for example, that's always especially during this time where he's saying, listen, these players are humans as well. They can't be getting going back and forth between international breaks, having congested fixtures because injuries are going to happen. Or if you see your manager shouting at a ref for you over something that you um you, you see your manager shouting at a ref because you gave away a free kick and Reese Williams is young as well so he wouldn't want to have that feeling of oh I've made a mistake and you see your manager backing you I believe it does have a positive effect on you because as you can see over the last couple of years with Klopp's passion with Klopp's um inclusivity with Klopp's you know the, the the desire to bring everyone together and make make our team feel like a family it works it works in a sense where teams don't like teams don't want to lose I can imagine these players don't want to lose because obviously, of course, they don't want to lose their professionals and they don't want to let the fans down, but they don't also want to let Klopp down, that faith and that trust that he puts into you. So I definitely feel like, yeah, because you can see across across the board, like we've had, we've seen managers before where 
For example, you see at Arsenal, Arsenal with Unai Emery last season, so at points this season with Arteta, you would have probably seen a couple of players for, ah, oh, whatever, man. Like, yeah, we lost, but we don't care. But, or we, or I gave away a foul, or I, I missed the chance, or this, that, or I didn't play well, so I don't care. But with these players, it looks like when they don't play well or something goes wrong, it looks like heads down, uh, we, we not only let the fans down or ourselves down, we let the manager down, this guy that has brought us so much success. So, it's yeah, again, I love it. I'm, I'm personally, I'm, 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 I'm old school. So I love managers being passionate. I love managers screaming on the touchline. I love managers screaming at each other, each other on the touchline. I'm a, I'm a fan of it. So I can't see it as a distraction for these players at all. Yeah, I think um, he has that. He walks that line of um, being their buddy, but also, you know, he's got that. You know, don't cross this line, otherwise you're not going to be starting with Klopp. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, don't, you don't want to mess with him. I think some other managers that you mentioned, for instance, might have. Yeah, not had the confidence to um, to be able to pull that off necessarily. So yeah, it's quite impressive what Klopp does um, on the West Brom equaliser. I guess you know it's a header from a from a corner. It's it's a it's a Sam Allardyce goal. You might as well just <laughs> stick Kevin Davis in there or something like that and replay. It's the same thing. Uh, but um, I guess Van Dyke, in theory, he kind of just dominates that area aerially for the most part, defending um, set pieces, even probably Matip more so than a Fabinho, who, despite not being a, he's not small Fabinho, but I think statistically speaking, he's not the, the best in the air. I, yeah. When it comes to these fine margin games against a team like a West Brom that's going to wait for that corner, do you think specifically when you're looking for a centre back that someone who can dominate in the way that Van Dyke can is, oh, is yeah. the priority? Yeah, for sure. Because even even when um, Gomez um, was a fit, he's not really the best aerially either. He was um, someone that lost a lot, lost quite a lot of battles, and famously against Dominic Carver Lewin um, against um, in again in the Merseyside derby. He's not really a um, aerial threat, so that is something that I would definitely need us to take a look at. And I and I feel harsh because with the with the two guys just mentioned Fabinho and Gomez, it's not really their job to mm-hmm. to, to 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 you know be the guy that's that's an aerial threat. Gomez is more of the um he, he he will cover the ball, ping the ball, run out with the ball, come out with it because he's great with his feet. Recover, will recover will because he could, he's a great tackler. But when it comes to the headers, he's usually playing alongside Van Dijk. He will eat everything up under instruction. So I definitely feel like we need that variety because Matip is so unreliable in terms of fitness, and we need someone to, especially with games like this, especially if we butt Big Sam at the Hawthorns next summer um on when the sun is shining. And they're on a relegation battle. You do not want to see Big Sam, Big Sam's team have a corner. So we we uh, we need to be in the market for that for sure. Either way, yeah, this could be a bit of a um, important period for for Liverpool. I guess especially depending on the result in the uh, Spurs game, which I'm not sure what's going on right now, but or if it's even kicked yeah. off. But um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But I guess after the equaliser went in, um, if anything, it was kind of. From there, a bit of a like you couldn't tell if West Brom were going to be the one to take it or if Liverpool were going to take it. Neither team. To be honest, that whole half, that whole half, we was we was under the cosh. Like, mm. like, like West Brom were doing like even our chances that we created didn't even look like chances. Then um, West Brom had a very good chance with Carlin Grant at the start, right? Um, that Allison got a hand to. Um, but yeah, man, honestly, that second half we were quite awful. And Big Sam done a big job on us. So, what can you say? I think it was the Firmino header at the end which Johnson saved. That was kind of like the one moment. Um, but otherwise, I before the game kicked off, uh, noticed, uh, was it Branislav Ivanovic sitting on the bench? And obviously they brought him <laughs> on again. 
And I was just thinking again from that neutral. I think he, he likes a big goal against Liverpool um, from his Chelsea <laughs> days. Was, was between that? I mean, he's not that much of a threat. But but was there a moment that you were worried that? I mean, you said you were under the caution. Sam did a number. Were you more fearful of leaving with zero points? Like, did did you think that that was going to happen, or you you always thought that? Because a point in that at the end of the day, this yeah. might be a big point for you. Yeah, you know what? Nah, I I, I would say that's that. When you come to Anfield and. <laughs> You feel like you're gonna lose. Like when I come, when I, I personally, personally, when I watch Live by Anfield, a draw is a loss, and a loss mm. is not even on the cards. So if that did happen, I probably would have cancelled the pod today because I would have lost my shit. Yeah. I would have gone crazy. So even when they were still having their chance, I felt like we're at Anfield. Liverpool don't lose at Anfield for like four years now. This is our fourth calendar year of not losing that. Like when this, that's not gonna happen. And if it did, I would have lost my shit. But yeah. Um, I didn't. I didn't feel like that. No, I, I must say I got to be honest. I mean, it's, it might be overconfidence, but man, when you haven't lost in three seasons at home, that's the only way you can feel. Yeah. So I, I didn't feel like that was going to happen. Yeah, it's just a habit that's um, not losing, which is a good habit to be in. Um, I guess looking forward, um, even maybe beyond this season, we spoke a little bit about potentially like a centre back coming in to maybe help get you over the line because it looks like you're still the favourites for the for the Premier League. But moving kind of a year or two ahead, maybe. Um, players like Salah, Mane, Firmino, Henderson, Wijnaldum, Matip van Dijk, they're all uh, 28 and older. A couple of them are 29 and a couple of them are 30. And obviously van Dijk specifically is coming off the back of, you know, a massive injury. So you you just don't really know how that's going to work out for him. But essentially that's quite a lot of the spine of the team, the forwards, the midfielders and centre-backs that are probably in their prime at the minute, but that, you know, that can't last forever, sadly. Um, You've got players like Jota and Curtis Jones who look like they can kind of step in and maintain that standard. But otherwise, do you worry that without, I guess, yes, serious investment in the squad over the next couple of seasons that what Klopp's mm. been able to build might begin to crumble? Um, what do you think the long-term plan is? Um, I, oof, the long-term plan. Well, I definitely feel like we, um, Liverpool of the past, put all the eggs in the one basket. So, for example, when we had Gerard and Torres and... Chabi Alonso, et cetera, et cetera. We'd have our eggs in that one basket. We'd fuck, we don't give a fuck about the youth. It's now, it's now or never. The same with Brendan Rodgers as well. I've kind of felt like, or to be fair, he was kind of Suarez was a bust, but I still kind of felt like, even though we had Sterling and Coutinho, they were very, as you, as you can tell, because they're now gone, they're very uncertain in terms of their careers and how it was planned out. There wasn't really a plan. But with Klopp, I do feel like there is an onus on an actual plan. We've actually seen as much as I don't feel they're the greatest of talent in terms of like, if you put them up in that Starboy conversation, apart from Curtis Jones, we've actually seen an effort for, for players like Reese Williams to get in, introduced, Nat Phillips, Nico Williams, um, who else is there? Uh, Harvey Elliott, um, Brewster even, got a, 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 a nice buyback clause of protecting him for the future. So I definitely feel like with us, we have made more contingent, especially with um, Klopp, he's made more contingency plans than, as, than, recent, than um, we did in the past. But I definitely feel like if, for example, and this is another big conversation that a lot of Liverpool fans are having, if Salah leaves, and I, I think that's going to happen within, I think, the next two seasons, or maybe even after this season, if he completes what he needs to complete here, we go for a big signing. And fingers crossed, it's Mbappe. I would love to see Mbappe in the Premier League and the way he speaks about Liverpool, speaks highly of us. Nike, you know, our new Nike sponsorship, Mbappe being the, the face of Nike, it's all it's all making sense. But then there's also Haaland in Dortmund 
that I would love to see at Liverpool. And he has a he has a release clause of what sixty to seventy million, um, which is something that I hey, if Salah goes, we're not selling him for less than hundred. He's the most touted. He's probably the most after obviously, of course, Messi and Ronaldo. He's probably the most marketable. Oh, oh and Neymar, sorry, marketable. He's the most valuable. He's the most informed. So yeah, it, 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 we will get a hefty fee for him. So we'll have to see what transpires. So I think next summer is a big summer in terms of, especially if you're, especially for the be, for the best talents in the world. Um, Mbappe's coming. Um, Mbappe's coming into the last year. Of, he's going to enter the last year of his contract. A couple of a couple of players, Pogba even, um, not to speak about that rubbish team at United, but Pogba even is even reaching the end of his next next summer will be a big summer. Um, Genie is even reaching the end of ours. He, like he, um, we're having some contract negotiations, and he's could reach the end. Uh, quite a few players around the world is going to reach are going to reach the end of their time at the clubs at their respective clubs, and Liverpool just needs to be the ones that make that move. Or we could, you know, go to go for someone like Diego Jota, who I was not expecting to make such an impact or even come into the club at all. So we'll have to see. But I trust Liverpool this time around. We're not like we was in 08 where. If one player left, it was curtains. So we've got to see. Yeah, the Holland one is uh, in particular, I guess, interesting given that what his dad played for Man City, I think. And um, so yeah. I, I don't know how, if he ever, I don't know if he grew up in England, Holland, but I've seen all these pictures of him wearing like, yeah, old English like football kit. So you'd think he's going to end up in the Premier League eventually. Um, I true, guess. Man. Yeah, well, I mean, ho- hopefully, I mean, I wouldn't mind him at Liverpool. I guess you, you just don't want to see any of these guys go to City realistically it's just like yeah it's just a waste of everyone's time everyone's time yeah honestly i i am a big fan of like players coming to the premier like even though we missed out on like players like Havertz and Werner and all of that i'm i'm pretty happy that they're in the league it's just Mm. like when it goes to specific teams like when arsenal got ozil and arsenal got sanchez it grits my teeth but i'm like oh but they're good players i would just love to work i'm a fan of football I'm, i'm a fan of liverpool and i'm a fan of football so if these players can enter the league and and, and bring more attention, bring, bring the quality up, I'm all for it. But let's just hope someone like having Mbappe is at Liverpool and not at Man City because I'll lose it. Yeah, <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. Um, I guess before we wrap up, uh, just on the Premier League and Liverpool's um, prospects, you're in first place. Um, today would have been an opportunity to sort of um, extend that lead. It didn't happen, but you're still going to be top of, well, you were top of the tree at Christmas and you're probably, you know, going to be top going into the new year. So, Again, I guess just sort of how confident are you? You're in a much better place as a Liverpool fan who's seen them, you know, been there, uh, done that, kind of handle the business over the past few seasons. Is it coming again um, between sort of Salah, Mane and Firmino? Do you just have too much firepower for the rest of the Prem? Yeah, you know what? If this was under normal circumstances and teams were actually playing pretty well, I I wouldn't be as confident. Like when we lost it to City uh, two seasons ago, from January, from when we, we didn't win against Everton or Man United, that's when I was like, yeah, you know what, it's a wrap. But everyone's just so bad, to be honest. Everyone's really, really bad. So it's a bit of a weird one. I'm very confident that we're going to win this league. I believe that what we've shown so far, and with um, players coming back, like Thiago's coming back soon, um, hopefully we invest in the centre-back. Um, Mane and Salah will get some rest over the winter time. maybe. I'm not sure. But um, yeah, I'm I'm confident we're going to win it. It's just a case of if we can maintain it, which teams can actually pick up the pace and get a good run of form going. And yeah, man, I I, I think I think we're I'm confident. I'm confident. I'm booking it back to back, man. We're going back to back. 
yeah, the alternatives, what I guess most realistically are Spurs, Chelsea, City, and I don't want any of those to happen. <laughs> so I, and, I, and, and, let's, and let's be honest, Spurs really... Yeah, like, it's in their it's, DNA it's to, not, to not win it. Yeah, the whole Spursy thing. Yeah. And that would literally be like the end of my world as an Arsenal fan. So yeah, <laughs> again, when you guys beat them in the Champions League, you know, do I want Liverpool to win the Champions League? Not necessarily, but the alternative again was just not, was unthinkable from from my perspective. So I'm glad that you... two evils. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, I guess um, that's just just about yeah. Do it for today. It's been um, an absolute pleasure having you as a guest, Julian. Nice to meet you, and great to have your insight as as a Liverpool um, fan. Good luck to your team, I guess, for the rest of the season, and then also good luck to you and the rest of the guys at the the Cop and Fracker. Um, I guess yeah. Before we take off, do you have a, a handle you want to drop or anything so that our listeners can can follow you? Oh uh, yeah, man. You can follow me on LordJM underscore. Um, yeah, you, you might not see me tweeting about football sometimes, but I'm mostly football oriented. And to be honest, I wish you luck as well. I can see all the Arsenal stuff in the background, and the season has been tough for you, man. Like, I can, I, I wish you the best. Like, I hope, I hope you're still alive by the end of the season. You haven't <laughs> off yourself. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You can see the the tattoo as well. I've got. Yeah, I'm not it's tattooed on you for life, man. Yeah, for the long run, man. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well. I guess thanks again, Julian. I hope you enjoyed yourself. It was a lot, lot of fun um, chatting. And um, as far as our listeners, if you want to um, see more of us on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, well, it's United Mates FP. And then uh, for YouTube, it's going to be uh, the United Mates Football Podcast. That does it for today. Until next time, everyone, take care of yourselves and take care of each other. Goodbye. <laughs>